Hello and welcome back to the Highlights Podcast. This is episode two. We're on an, we're on multiple episodes now, everyone. Um, just before I started, I want to say thank you to everyone who listened to episode one and gave feedback online. I only put it on Twitter and Reddit and I didn't show anyone I knew. So I knew that all the comments and feedback would be genuine. And I was just really touched by everyone who reached out to say what they thought and made some suggestions, um, particularly on Reddit. Even the mods who deleted my post after 24 hours for self-promotion, even they said, oh, we really liked it though. Um, <laughs> but people were great in the comments. Um, apparently my voice is very soothing, which I think because a lot of my audience is apparently from America, I think it might just be the novelty of the British accent and it will soon wear off because to me it's very grating. <laughs> So um, so thank you. And also, um, I just wanted to let people know, everyone who said, please put it on Apple because it's much easier to, to listen to. It is now on Apple. We got approved two nights ago. Uh, so episode one is on there. Um, it's linked to my SoundCloud feed. So any new episodes that come on will go straight onto Apple. So please subscribe on Apple if you want to listen through there. And if you can review it or rate it, that really helps. So um, please, please promote it if you like it because it'll make me want to do more. Um, and also on Reddit, I don't want to annoy the mods by posting again. So if you share my podcast, it's technically not self-promotion because I'm not promoting myself, you are. So if you enjoyed it, please share and let people know it's on Apple because a lot of my listeners came through from Reddit. Um, you guys really came through for me. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, just a quick, um, quick note that let me know on Twitter any other feedback. But saying that, one of the main points of feedback from people, and people of all age ranges who actually listen to the podcast, which was not surprising to me, but I, I guess I thought, I didn't realise it would be that wide-reaching. Um, people said that the content was interesting and the topic of age and ageism in the beauty industry is, is really, like, pertinent but also how good it would be to have guests on so I've, I've listened to you I've listened to what people want not only have I um, decided to re-explore the topic a bit more today but I also have my very first guest Yay! <laughs> so sat with me right now is um, a lovely woman called Gail she also happens to be my dad's fiance <laughs> so um so I, I I spoke to her earlier today and said oh please will you record with me tonight because I really I really want to explore this topic and I think I think you'd be great on it um so Gail give yourself some context who's Gail so I've been in marketing all my working life I started out in PR but I'm now in marketing I work for a great company called can I say the name of the company uh no. let's not okay I <laughs> let's not get a, sued no, in, our, in our second episode I work for a company um that I love a very small company and I really really enjoy what I do so I'm really fortunate to love what I do as far as makeup is concerned I don't wear a lot of makeup but I do take good care of my skin um, and I remember when I first started taking care of my skin was when I got my first job and I was probably about 24. My and, age, my age. Um, <laughs> and I was told I got my first job and I celebrated by going out and buying, and there will be shock, horror, gasps when people hear me say this because I know it's kind of <laughs> not great these days. I bought the three-step uh, skincare routine from Clinique. Oh, that's still big, you yeah, know. I, know I mean, big, not within the skincare community. No, exactly. But, yes. so, but I did, it got me into a really good routine, a really good habit. Mm. And I have to say, it's one I've kept all my life. So I cleanse my skin. I always take my makeup off and I moisturize. And has it made any difference? Who knows? Because unless you, <laughs> you do half tell. your face and not do the other, you don't actually ever know. Which I did We've do done similar things <laughs> in, in the micro level. And I wouldn't put it past Gail to have spent... <laughs> 30 years doing a tester on I did do face. a month. I did do a month once <laughs> with um, an eye serum. And I, I think remember. I asked about 24 people. And of the 24, <laughs> 20 got it right. 
Really? Like, yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. We should submit that to some we should. beauty journal. Yeah, or I should have uh, taken it a bit more seriously, journal. I think. But, yeah. <laughs> Before and after photos <laughs> yeah. would have been good. So let's let's go into the, like the the meaty stuff maybe first in okay. terms of on like a social and an industry level. First question: Do you think beauty and makeup and skincare and just that sort of this image focused side as a whole? Do you think it it focuses too much on what age someone is and and promotes being young more than it is about being beautiful? I think that. It feels like it's changing now that could be because I'm getting older and I'm quite inquisitive so I seek things out that are pertinent to me mm-hmm. so it might be that I'm finding it because I'm looking for it yeah or they're marketing well <laughs> or they're marketing well yeah. um but I do think there are more role models who are older and who are promoting their own products there's um a lady whose name I can't remember who does those three stick the glow stick things and one's for lips one's for um, she's she came to modeling late in her life long gray hair very naturally beautiful lady i can't right, remember her name okay. I, or trying to remember to find it for you i'll put it in the description yeah. if you remember um <laughs> and in the modeling world there are older models who are taken to the runway and they're being used in photo shoots so i think age is becoming less of a thing or, or maybe you'd say it's becoming more of a thing mm-hmm. older women are certainly getting more of the limelight mm-hmm. so i think it's changing um but you still see the vast majority of photographs promoting any kind of skincare or makeup. It's modelled on girls who are probably anything between 18 and 28. My personal favourite is anti-ageing creams on like a 25-year-old. <laughs> like, well, that, that clearly works really well. She looks 25. Oh, wait, no, she is 25. But you're right, it is changing. And you see like, you see things like, Companies like Dove and things seem to start, kick start that way. You have yes. older women, larger women, Real women, women of different skin colors, other genders in their adverts. Yes. So, so it is definitely changing. Um, I, I think there's a difference between. So, I'm obviously involved a lot on the makeup community online, where it's this sort of arena of um, people on YouTube, people on Instagram, people on Pinterest, people on Reddit, who sort of interact between themselves. And I think by the nature of that, it is a younger audience because of the medium like Reddit and things. Although Gail does use Reddit after myself and her son, who I'm also friends with, um, convinced her of just how great it is. But generally in those kind of places, it's a much younger crowd. Yes, I would agree. Um, And I think within that crowd or not so much on reddit but more in this sort of image focused things like youtube where people are making money and it's become quite a a money-making industry there's this idea that once you've sort of reached an age whether it's 25 30 35 whatever around that sort of time your not only your opinions on makeup or whatever aren't as relevant or aren't as up to date but also you're probably not that interested in beauty you probably you don't really care anymore you're past that stage and did you experience that when you reach that age and, and do you think it's harmful if you did? I think um, I think there's a general thing. Um, I didn't really realise it until probably I was about 50 and I'd read about it where you become invisible as a middle-aged woman, you become invisible. Mm. And, um, you know, I, it, I, think, I think it generally does happen. You, you cease to be noted by a huge portion of the population, mm. which can be liberating because you realise all of a sudden that, <laughs> Nothing Not everybody's looking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody's actually watching you because they're too busy looking at themselves in a mirror. So that is quite liberating. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I feel like I've been out recently. I think having you and Alice in my life has made me kind of revisit makeup. And right. I found that really, really fun. Mm-hmm. But I've, I found it really um, 
when I've gone to Mac, when I've gone to Charlotte Tilbury, when I've gone to any of the brands, I've always yeah. found them very inclusive and I've never felt that they were dismissive of me or patronising or even though I, I approach them with, you know, my usual almost bare look with yeah. my Bare Minerals foundation and a, a slick of mascara, mm-hmm. there is no, um, I, I feel like they are wanting to help as opposed to kind of dismissing me because I'm of a certain age sure I, I mean I should be a good target for them because when you reach my age you're kind of you've got a, a high, more you know a higher disposable income well that's what so. exactly what I said in the last one is that not only do I think a lot of brands um some of them are really good for it but a lot of brands are quite bad at, at sort of dismissing that whole portion of the market but also not only are women in that portion of the market interested and they want mm. to to get involved, but they also actually have the money to spend Absolutely, yes. on, on products that work for yeah. them and are targeted at them. And get- I do think they need to make sure that they are right because you can't necessarily use the same products right. from when you're young to when you're old. You have to take make allowances for the fact that your skin is not as plump it's not you know it's got creases so you can't put the same products on it and expect it to look good yeah so it's not a it's not a universal product you know that they need to have different products for different skins Mm -hmm. I suppose that doesn't necessarily mean it's an age thing it's just a different skin type perhaps yeah yeah and it would happen to different people exactly yes and and other things other factors affect it you know like you say you've always looked after your skin a lot of people don't make that choice or, or they don't realize yeah um, it, more of the fun side of things are where I can I feel like I can really learn from you is apart from the Clinique three-step um <laughs> cleanse tone moisturizer which I did up until very recently and also I still use their moisturizer every day I love it and I keep coming back to it what did you do or did you not do in terms of beauty and skincare that you're either grateful for or you wish you'd done okay so this is um, a big one for me and if there's one thing I would say to anybody who's young or or whatever age you are use a sun protection factor use yeah. a 30 plus spf yeah. because you if you see the research on what's ma- what's making you age mm-hmm. it's sun it's mm-hmm. the sun that is making you age no matter how much moisturizer you slap on yeah. it's not going to re- turn the clock back but yeah. if you protect yourself from the sun you know wear a hat <laughs> but stick spf 30 on every day sun summer or winter and i yeah. i kind of wish that i'd known that and realized it when i was younger i think i've heard that a lot online and i write it off in my head by saying well a lot of these people are from the us and they live in no. sunny sunny states no. and actually i think it, it is really helpful to do it every day my foundation i use at the moment is spf 15 which is better than nothing it is yeah. but i think you're right and if i'm going barefaced for the day you know having a moisturizer with an spf, SPF factor in is is really good yeah definitely that would be a big a big one for me yeah. and the other thing um that well i know i do do it but i think the other thing that i would say is just take your makeup off at night yeah <laughs> it's it's a really easy swipe yeah but it it's just giving your skin the chance to breathe um and again does it make any difference who you just don't know but I feel like it has to because your skin can breathe and then you're putting your moisturizer onto a cleansed skin yeah so it it can it can get down to the under layers and maybe I'm just a marketer's dream who knows (laughs) no I mean I think a lot more people are realizing it now when they're younger Mm. so it's it's it is a thing now you know oh god you get in from a night out and you don't take your makeup off oh how gross is that and and, and I think it's it's a good thing and you feel better for it as well you can feel better when you wake up with a hangover too because you don't have to look at yourself in the mirror with the dark circles under your eyes as well as feeling rubbish you've got nice plump skin it's not so great inside (laughs) alcohol I wonder if 
because a lot of thought on we've we've discussed the benefits of even stopping just casual drinking let alone like you know heavy drinking um for me personally i think my skin is so much better when i'm not drinking even even once or twice a week yeah um i think that's related to sleep so you get better quality sleep if you don't drink and sleep is you know how i feel about sleep having read my book evangelical about it um but i do think it's um it, it's absolutely true and if you can get good quality sleep that's bound to improve the quality of your skin as well so yeah, yeah. and the alcohol leads into that or the lack of alcohol leads into that yeah definitely so let's hear some funny stories then if you have them what makeup mistakes or faux pas did you make when you were younger let's go all the way through to probably when you first put your bit of makeup on what do you wish you had a photo of what do you think was typical of its time what would you just never do now regardless of the age you are but just for a fashion fail point the absolute best that i have and um i do have a photograph of it which i will i will show to lucy so she can have a picture about it if you tweet me enough i might tweet a photo with girl's permission (laughs) i um i decided in my third year at university that i would go blonde and um, it was a fatal error, really. I tried doing it myself initially. That was definitely not a good idea because it, it kind of went this brassy colour. Then I had a friend who was a hairdresser do it for me. And I did go this very, very blonde and it crucified me. It just was not my colour. So my way of coping was, instead of having the good sense to go back to my natural brunette colour, was to use a kind of ghastly 1980s rainbow of color on my eyes and it went <laughs> to distract this, to distract and to put some color back in my face oh, and God. it was just awful it was it just didn't suit me <laughs> and I don't even think it looked good at the time I don't know but it was something I would never ever repeat it was something that you have to be very um you have to look a very special way to carry that look off and I didn't look that way so that would be that's definitely my biggest makeup faux pas um, other ones, I, I've, I'm quite restrained with my makeup, so I, I suspect some of my faux pas could possibly be wearing too little rather than wearing too much. So if I've been to a, a more formal event, I sometimes look a little bit underdressed because I haven't put any colour around my eyes and I haven't really emphasised them. So that's probably more the like the, the sort of faux pas that I would make. Oh, I think a faux pas of not wearing enough. I mean, that's very much excusable. <laughs> I don't think we all need makeup. And also the fact of, you know, the bright colours and the blonde hair things. Yes, sometimes they can be actually hideous, but it's also, you have to go through you do. it. It's part of the fun. Yes, definitely. And I think one of the, this is leading into another question I wanted to ask you. In my opinion, I think the fact that beauty and all these styles and this particular Western style of heavy makeup is hitting girls so young now um, online. Yeah. I think they're skipping that phase of just experimenting and having fun and not taking it seriously. And they're going into being 15 years old and have going to school and not feeling comfortable unless they have primer foundation yes. um setting powder bronzer and then they've got their brows. eyeliner brows done <laughs> instagram style brows <laughs> um and i think there's something sad about that because i slightly missed it i was born in 94 so i was sort of hitting that age when i was in the like mid to late 2000s where you still had some awful fake tans in in celebrities in the news and bleach blonde hair and orange foundation all this stuff and it it wasn't ridiculously bad and I don't have any, you know, really cringe moments, but I still felt like I can look back on it and have a bit of a laugh. Like the uh, foundation on the lips 
Because obviously oh you didn't want your lips to show up for yeah. some reason. Apparently it's attractive to not have lips. Now it's attractive to have massive lips. So I don't know how that happened. But I've I just, forgotten about that one. I feel like people miss it because they, they have no excuse not to know that brows have because to be it's all Because it's there. everywhere. Yes. And, 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 There's no and, excuse not to, do, not to know what to do. I, I yeah. don't know what you mean. And it, I think it's a bit sad always. Yeah, it's it is. Because unless, and also, if you don't experiment, you tend to take other people's techniques and other people's... Um, ways of doing things and yeah. just apply them to you really whether they suit you or not because they see very often it's a celebrity that they idolize for whatever yeah. reason yeah and instead of thinking I'll apply that bit because it works for me they yeah. they kind of take that whole look and apply it as a mask to their own face yeah and it's not right it's, it's, it's not it might, it might not be right no for them. that's and, exactly and... right and they're doing it perhaps for the wrong reasons you know, yeah. similarly to people going into the hairdressers and saying I want to look like this, as opposed yeah. to, I like the way her hair's cut, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yes, I think you're right. I think experimenting, nothing nothing beats experimentation. I do a lot of sewing, and I can yep. look at all the online videos I want about putting a, an invisible zip in or whatever it is, but nothing beats trying it for yourself. No, you're just not going to get any better definitely. unless you keep trying it for yourself. And what, what you said about technique is really interesting as well, because like you said, with experimenting, you learn how to do it well, not just a technique, but also for yourself. For you, and, yes. and what I find really interesting is on YouTube, they'll sometimes get these celebrity makeup artists onto people's channels to, to work with these influencers. And you can really see the difference between... So two of my favourites are Patrick Tarr um, and Scott Barnes. So Scott is good friends with Tati Westbrook. Patrick Tarr has done a, uh, an appearance on James Charles's channel. And what you can really notice when you see them apply makeup... Oh, and Lisa Eldridge too, who you might know. She's a uh, head of beauty for Lancome. She's been in a lot of, like, you know, does a lot of work for Cosmo and things like that. They use lipstick on cheeks they 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 don't they have they use products as tools and they are the artists and they create yeah. something whereas other, in other places online like these people who make the youtube videos it almost creates this mindset of okay you have to have a primer and then you must put your foundation on this is the only way to do it and if you don't set your foundation that must be wrong and actually the best tips are when you've done trial and error because your skin is different and your face is different and the people who are really good at it they don't stick to the rules. They know how to break them to make them work really well. And that's where the real skill is. Well, I have just recently, like literally in the last week or two, gone back to something I never thought I would go back to. Because like you, I'm an absolute um, foundation sponge um, girl. Yeah. But for some reason, I hadn't got the sponge handy. And so mm -hmm. I used my finger. I just got out of the shower, so it was all clean. Yeah. And I used the... Um, my primer product, the Charlotte Tilbury. Yeah. And then I use my bare minerals. I mix them together. I put them in dabs on my face. Yeah. And I use such a tiny, tiny amount of the product yeah. by using my finger because nothing was being absorbed. And you yeah. can really work it in to yeah. those little bits around your nose and just in the corners of your eyes. So I'm at the point now I'm thinking do I want to use a sponge or should I just yeah. stick with using my finger? It's one less thing to put in your makeup bag. Yeah, exactly. And, and you see that people say, oh, if you're not using a brush for this, it's not right. But there's some amazing makeup artists who will dab it on their finger and just yeah. intuitively place it well. And I'm not saying everyone has to be a professional makeup artist. The point is, make the techniques work for you in yes. a way that you like and, and don't feel like you yourself. have to do something. Yeah, yes. find out and just don't don't be sucked into this world where there's one way to make your face look and you have to get it a certain way. And you don't need to spend tons of money on it as well. This is no. another thing I have. I got sucked into this world of, right, you need 30 products minimum to do a face full of makeup. You don't. You can, like... You need your basics that work for you, and that's it. Um, 
And on that note, Gail, what are your basics that work for you? How long have you been using them? Which ones do you always swap and change? Which ones have stayed tried and true for you? Well, I, I'm still, I, I live to find the perfect mascara. I, I <laughs> defy anybody to find me the perfect mascara because it has to be non-clumpy. It has to lengthen, a little bit of thickening, non-smudge. Um, and I was watching something the other day, I can't remember where it was, and um, they recommended the, the little ball brush, you know, the one that's just like a little yes. mini loo brush. Yeah, yeah. Because you can get into... So now I'm on the search for a good mascara with a little ball brush <laughs> where I can just scavenge the brush, basically, and carry on using my favourite mascara. Yeah. Which is currently a Marks & Spencer's autograph. Oh, interesting. Because I use a dark brown, not a black, because I think, again... As you get Works older, you. black yeah. can look a little bit heavy and a little bit caked on. So I used a dark brown. I have been using Bare Minerals products for probably 15 or 20 years now. And yeah. I use their Complexion Rescue um, Tinted Moisturiser because it's very light and very natural. And it gives me a nice dewy finish. And I've recently added in the Charlotte Tilbury Flawless, uh, not Flawless Finish, Flawless... I can't remember the name of it. I just... No, it's like a, an under foundation. Yes. Is that the one and you're it's talking got, about? Again, it's kind of, it just gives you a nice dewy sort of finish. Yeah, yeah. It's got like a, a doe foot applicator thing. It has, that's exactly yeah, right, yeah. yes. Um, and then I have a Daniel Sandler, is it? That little water yeah, blush. It's like a water-based so. um, blush. Liquid, which I find, yeah. and a NARS one that you gave me for Christmas, which I love. Yes, as mentioned, um, as a product in my last podcast. There we are. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much... Oh, and I've recently bought a, a MAC nude lipstick, which is an exact match for my... It just gives me that little bit of colour, but I don't yeah. look or feel like I'm wearing lipstick. Yeah. Um, and I'm a complete convert to the Glossier boy brow. Yes. I just... Or Glossier. Glossier. Love, no, glossier. Uh, glossier. Why? Well, I call it yeah, Glossier. glossier. Uh, boy brow, which I love. It's mm. um, because, again, as you get old, if you overemphasize your eyebrows, it just looks awful. But yeah. that's just a nice... It, it shapes and gives a little bit of colour. So yeah. I, I use that all the time. Glossier is interesting because, to me, it's the classic example of a brand that markets to young, trendy, edgy girls. And I think I think boys, in terms of, I, I do think they're quite inclusive in that sense from a yes, gender point of view. I think they probably are, yes. But, but it's interesting that you. Um, but do you, you know go how I that. came across it? I think so. Tell the story. So it was uh, Ross, who's my older son, who's now 26, and he had listened carefully to his girlfriend, <laughs> and she was talking about the, this brand. So he looked into it when he was looking to buy her a present, and he not only bought her a present, but he bought you and Alice he the did. same product for he their did. Christmas presents two years ago so I so got the boy I... brow in blonde which I have repurchased since <laughs> so yes I do love that product but that's yeah. that, so that's that's what I use it's not extensive no um and I did buy a mac um eye palette because I wanted matte colors I didn't yeah. want the sparkle and so I do use that if I'm going out on an evening or if I'm for some reason wanting to look a little bit more um formal I suppose you put it or I don't know a bit more well maintained yeah yeah so um but yeah that's about it really I think um just on the glossier note and talking about like you know brand, different brands that you own and the fact that there's not really a rhyme or reason to them it's not because they're you know oh I like Estee Lauder I only buy Estee Lauder no. or whatever I think that's a real message to someone anyone who's listening who might not be within this young age bracket that the makeup industry seems to love but also um anyone slightly older don't feel intimidated to go up to a brand that you think isn't for you and just ask them what tell them what your needs are sorry my dog is whining in the background <laughs> tell them what your needs are 
um, tell them what you want to get out of a product or, or the brand. And just and, and you don't know until you try. And even though the marketing might not seem like it's for you, like you've said, yeah. the people are often, nine, yeah. nine times out of ten, willing really to nice. help. And they're yes. really inclusive. So so just don't feel afraid to um, to go for it. So talking about the products you like and, and, and the tried and true ones, what are your top tips or what do you think are some unwritten rules you should follow for slightly more mature skin? To Obviously, there's no hard and fast rules. Wear what you want. But what would you say is the do's and don'ts of, of makeup for you? So I have a preference for a natural look. So mm-hmm. I would always just say the less you wear, the better. Because I watched a tutorial the other day about um, eye makeup for the older eye. And then I saw... Um, uh, one of these programs, these um, consumer programs on the television, and there were three ladies who are of a certain age: Angela Rippon, Gloria Honeyford, and another lady whose name I can't remember. Yeah. And they all had like black, black, black around <laughs> their eyes, and you could barely see their eyes yeah. for all this black. Yeah. And somebody, nobody had told them. They must. They've all got friends or daughters or daughters-in-law <laughs> who surely should say to them, "Do you know what, Angela? Maybe you should try something a little bit different." So. <laughs> I think listen to other people, listen yeah. to what, you know, younger people might tell you or pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yes, I just think use as little as possible and don't be tempted to always go for what makes you look younger. Because I think that's another, that is when you're yeah. talking about ageism, maybe that yeah. is something that they always say, you know, if you do this, it'll make your skin look younger. Ten if years you do, younger. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And if you put your, your um, blusher here, it'll draw your cheeks down. But if you put it here, it'll make them look youthful. And and there's yeah. an element of, I mean, there is an element of wanting to do that. But you can go too far. Going back to the brows, yeah. this whole thing of the really, really heavily outlined brow. It, yeah. it You don't have strong brows like that when you're older. It just doesn't look natural. And for me, aspiring to an enhancement of natural is better than a kind of caked on mask type look. And we all know it, but it's just worth always remembering Everything you see is filtered. Everything you see in magazines, yeah, everything true. you see on TV or in adverts, even if it's an advert that's a video and you think, oh, it's probably not filtered because they can't Photoshop a video. Just because it looks good on camera, which is probably what these women were thinking mm. that you were talking mm. about. They probably thought, oh, I'm on camera. I have to really doll mm. it up. But everything is different in daylight, in yeah. real life. So it, yeah. whilst you might think, oh, to look youthful, I want this really bold brow, it it, it might just look ridiculous. And, it, and I'm not saying you always have to look... For, for other people if you like the look that's yeah. fine but realize what it looks like in real life and not just when you look in the mirror or in a phone screen yes definitely you've got to be in different lights you've got to go outside you've got to go inside you might get a bit sweaty you might get a bit cold just you want to look like a human you do and I think the danger is as well I was talking to somebody who's getting married um and she was talking about how she was going to have her makeup done for her wedding day which is something I'm not I, I wouldn't <laughs> even have contemplated it um, and her, when I asked her, she said the reason was because she wanted to look good on the photos. And I just thought, but what about looking good on the day when yeah. you, all your friends and family gathered around? The you? actual real I, thing. Yeah, I, I just didn't quite, you know, I didn't quite get that. But um, yeah. so yeah, uh, I think aim for something that's a, an enhancement of your natural. I mean, obviously, there's a time to go mad and and just you know play and have a load of colour on your eyes, even at my age, if you want to. But just as you say, just take a proper analytical look. Be objective. Yeah. Don't 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 be blind to what you're doing, and don't keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. just because that's what you've always done. I think that yeah, that's probably a, a tip I would say. Yeah. Revisit it and just make sure that what you're doing isn't something that you would have done twenty years ago, but <laughs> you could do it slightly differently, and it would probably enhance the way you look. 
and change the the whole way you feel. Yeah, if you, you know, if you yeah. do your makeup badly, that's a that's a perhaps a, a, the wrong word. But if you do your makeup in a certain way, it can it can make you feel in some way um, bad about yourself. Whereas no, a, a yeah, small definitely. tweak, a small yeah. change. And you can feel enlivened and mm-hmm. and energized, and it sounds very shallow to say it, but it's a it's a it's a change that you can make very easily. Mm. Um, I, I don't think it's shallow though, because I think it, yes, makeup is an aesthetic thing, and that it's something you see, and it, it it enhances or does whatever to your face. But like you say, there's a real connection with the emotional side of it in terms of you know I do I do wear makeup most days, and the only times I don't wear makeup is is if I know I'm going to be at home most of the day or whatever. But it, Part of it is out of a slight insecurity in that I don't feel quite ready if I don't have it on. But also, I feel like emotionally it makes me happy. And that's yeah. okay. It's not... By definition, it is a little bit shallow. But isn't everything a bit shallow? Yeah, isn't that's what true. The what we, what we wear, wear is, and how we have our houses and everything. And I, yeah. and I'm, I actually... I, I wear the same makeup pretty much every single day, whether I'm going to work, whether I'm staying in all day. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been uh, around the house quite a lot recently. I still get up and I still put on my Charlotte Tilbury and my Bare Minerals and my mascara and yeah. my boy brow and my little bit of cheek blusher. And then I come downstairs and I face the world. And mm-hmm. I feel like if I do that, if somebody says, you know, come and do whatever, yeah. I'd, I'd be yeah. ready. You're psychologically I'd... prepared yeah, exactly. in your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and whether sure. that's... Whether we should feel like that with makeup or not, or whether, you know, society's forced this on us, it's a different question, but it's not one I particularly worry about. No, I Because it, I find it a positive experience. Yeah, and it's not, I don't know, is it any different from a man feeling better after he's had a shave or not had a mm. shave? I don't mm. know. It's it's all, it's about appearance, yeah. largely, yeah. Um, not just about how that makes them feel in terms of whether it's itchy or not. I think it's a large part to do with how it looks, so you could say that that's superficial as well. Yeah. So... Um, I have another question to ask you. Yes. As someone who spends a lot of her life in the real world, as opposed to a lot of younger people who spend a lot of it in the virtual space. Yes. Although you do use, you know, apps and social media and you, you go online. But I think, you know, not to the extent that a lot no. of people my age and younger do. Yeah. There's a, a culture at the moment, people call it cancel culture, of um, if someone they someone who has a presence online has a following is is well known a a beauty influencer or whatever does something that we judge to be wrong morally obviously there's a spectrum there's you know morally wrong in terms of you know animal abuse or something and there's morally wrong in terms of oh you support a, a certain political stance or whatever there's this tendency to regardless of how severe that wrong choice is cancel them so you say this person's cancelled we don't like them anymore anyone who likes them is not okay how first of all what do you think about that and second of all how important is it to you to shop with brands to that your brands align to your beliefs that you shop from so on the first point i think you you can't agree with everything that that somebody that you like does it's almost impossible um Mm -hmm. you know you you have to you, you take somebody for their essential values, I think. And yeah. you, you know, they're, they're kind, they're considerate, they're funny. Um, and sometimes their view is different from yours on something, whatever it is, whether it's on whether we, you know, leave the EU or whether we stay or um, whether it's religious beliefs. You're, you can't, you're not going to agree with everything that somebody says. And similarly, somebody that you follow um, whether it's a makeup artist or whoever it is, yeah, they're going to make choices that you don't necessarily agree with. But cancelling them 
it just seems really um, intolerant. Yeah. I, I think. I think yeah, you know you have true. to cut them some slack and accept that if you put your life in the public domain as they do, mm-hmm. there would be people who disagreed with some of your choices and some of your decisions. Yeah. So you have you if they can continue to do it if they say make the same mistake several times then maybe that's the time to kind of think okay you know yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not with that person anymore that's that's not somebody not I, I can align with yes yeah but and I I think just a, a one off that you just think oh no, whew, blimey just yeah. wait just wait and see how it plays out see yeah. see how they respond um see whether they continue to behave in that way um, I just think we're very quick to judge, very, very quick to judge. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. And I don't think um, the, the internet helps that. No. Because I think it creates this um, crowd mindset, a hive mindset yeah. of, okay, this person, right, we've said that she's not okay, she's not okay. And I think whilst I find the promotion of people who are problematic worrying, so, you know, if someone supported a quite a dangerous political ideal, I would find promoting them online quite strange and yes. uncomfortable. I also find mass intolerance very uncomfortable I do. because I think it, it it stops us from ever sharing any ideas because we're all too scared. Yeah. And we all think everyone else is perfect. And then when we have an opinion that is different from that, we worry that we're the odd one out and actually everyone's probably thinking something different. And I find that quite worrying too. Um, And I find myself reading things online that everyone's agreeing with and I'm thinking, hang on, this person did something wrong that I don't agree with, but I I, I don't, I don't hate this person. I'm not going to leave comments on them and on their thing. I'm not going to encourage people to, to, to rip her to shreds in the comments. I'm saying her, it's been, you know, any gender online, it's been all across the spectrum and there have been varying levels of people I've decided, you know, that's just a step too far for me. I'm just not going to Mm. engage with them anymore. I'm not going to watch their videos. If they promote a product, I'm I'm going to feel a bit iffy about it. That's fine. But, but I'm, I, I expected you to say something like that, to be honest, because I think when you live more in the real world and you interact with real people on a day-to-day basis and you see them for what they are, you become much more aware of the fact of the fact that everyone is flawed and not everyone is informed as well. I think that's a big thing is people believe things until they know better. And just because someone's not quite caught up to you, give them a chance to hear you out, speak to them with respect and teach people and, and let them make their own decisions and, and let's not write people off. No. And I'm, I can be very judgmental. Um, you know very quick to 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 put somebody down for something that I don't agree with or for something that that they've done mm-hmm. but I'm learning to be less that way because like I say you know people that I love dearly have different beliefs and different views than I do on some things but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I love them any less so you have to look at that in the bigger picture and spread that around your friendship circle and the people that you look up to more generally and um I don't think it's a good way to be if you're Okay, I disagree with that. So you're out of my life. That's mm-hmm. that's not going to get you very far. You need no. to open your your horizons, not narrow them. I think. Well, thank you so much for sitting with me and chatting. It's been a pleasure. It's giving me is. your beauty tips. <laughs> if you have any more, if you enjoyed Gail's inputs, please let me know because I'm sure she'd love the feedback. We'll I get would. her back on. I'm sure there's plenty of stories, <laughs> um, beauty, skincare, and, and everything else. Wise, so let me know. Let me know if there's something you want us to talk about because um, I think it's always good to have someone who's got a different a different stance on things or a different angle to come at things from so so that's really good um it's been good thank you yeah uh just to finish it off i said i'd do a beauty guru of the week a small beauty guru and a big beauty guru and the video of the week the one i enjoyed the most i'm gonna be a bit cheeky and wrap this all into one in this one because we're at 36 minutes <laughs> and also i 
I actually want to wrap this one up because I think it ties in nicely to the discussion we've had and also um, I, I just think it's a nice way to round off the podcast. So um, there is a small YouTuber, she's called, her channel is called Nisa Pisa and I found her through Reddit, someone posted her. Um, uh, I've actually interacted with her a bit on Twitter. She said she was listening to my podcast last time. So thank you so much, Nisa. Um, she only has, I think she has around 10,000 subscribers, maybe slightly more, but she... She comes to at beauty from a really considered approach. Um, she recently did a video this week, why it was my favorite of the week, um, about things she's learned. Um, she's just turned 25, things, things she's learned um, since reaching 25 or throughout her whole life. And it was just, it was really good for me to listen to because I'm, you know, 24, I'm not far behind her. I'm 25 in, in well, later this year. Um, and she spoke about things like where she was in her career, um, how she was quite miserable in, in, a year ago and how quickly things can change. And, and you know, and she just talked through different life things. And I just find it really relevant to my situation um, uh, and where I am career-wise, life-wise, um, and just, just different things I'm going through. Also, her as a channel, she's very... Um, She's someone you think, I, I wish I was friends with her in real life because she's very knowledgeable. She's very morally... Um, uh, admirable in, in terms of, you know, she supports only cruelty-free brands. She's very um, explicit about her political views online on Twitter and her um, her views on certain social issues and, and the resulting people she does and doesn't support because of it. But but not in an aggressive way or a way I find intolerant, just in a way that, that promotes discussion. And she's kind of someone I look to to, to inform myself of issues going on in, in the world of beauty because there are many all the time. <laughs> Um, so, uh, if you haven't watched her, please go and watch some of her videos. Nisa Pisa is great. My products of the week, or want to buy, they're all products of the week this week, because they're all products I own. Um, this morning, I had run out of my favourite foundation after trying to get my shade the other day, and it wasn't in stock. So I thought, well, I'm just gonna have to mix some other ones I have, I'm just gonna have to deal with it. So I normally mix number seven Stay Perfect foundation. I think you can get that in the US if you're listening there. And with the Dior, um, uh, what's it called? Face and Body, the new Dior one that's in that little matte bottle, plastic bottle thing. I normally mix those two. It's like, it's quite medium coverage, really nice for my day at work. Um, so this morning my number seven was gone and I had to reach for my Wet n Wild Photo Focus, which is which I bought when I was in the US last year because I'd heard such great reviews. And it was $5, it was so cheap. And everyone just says it's really great for the price and really great regardless of price actually. So I reached for that and mixed it with my Dior face and body. And I've had the best makeup day ever. I think it's my new mixture. I don't need to buy my new foundation, but I'm gonna need to buy some more Dior, which is a sad thing because that's like very expensive. <laughs> but I'll just mix a drop with a, bit, a, a large amount of the Wet n Wild. The wet and wild might end up being more expensive if I decide to fly to the US to buy myself my next bottle. <laughs> but um, regardless, shout out to wet and wild. That is such a good foundation. I'm so pleased with it. Um, it does smell like paint thinner, like everyone online says it does. The smell does fade, although when I did nip to the loo earlier this morning and just sort of sat and collected my thoughts, I did sniff it again. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure if it fully goes, but for the price, I just can't fault it. I'll let you know if my skin's broken out into 20 spots by tomorrow. <laughs> But so that's my, uh, those are my products of the week. I want to end it there because I think we've just reached a really good point and I don't have any particular um, anti-haul products this week, products I definitely won't be buying, but I have a big long list for next week, don't worry. So again, if you've made it this far, thank you so much. I really want to hear what you thought and I'm sure Gail does too. Yeah, Please let us know 
if you're listening, you know, what age range are you in? And what do you think about what we said? And what do you think about the beauty industry? What tips do you have? Um, what lessons do you have for those of us who are younger and can make lasting choices now about how we treat our skin or how we approach makeup? So um, let me know via Twitter at Highlights Podcast. No, at Highlights Pod. I'm also on SoundCloud, as you likely know, and on Apple. So please subscribe, please rate, review, do everything because it helps so much because those little promotions get you onto um, lists on Apple, new and noteworthy, and and they really help um, encourage me to keep going and, and getting other guests. I've got some very weird and wonderful friends who I'd love to bring on and who would love to chat to. So do let me know. Um, and until next week for episode three, thank you and bye.